On this week's show, changes on and off the pitch at Herne Bay. We hear from boss Kevin Watson. I'd like to continue football. I can't say whether that would be at Herne Bay or not, and that's not giving any indication to the fact that I'd, I'd be leaving or, or staying. It's not a conversation I've, I've had. Back-to-back wins. Can they still get out of it? Corinthian boss Michael Golding gives us his thoughts on a potential great escape. We've now won the last two, which gives us that little bit of momentum, which we've just not had this season. Like I say, we've, we've made silly mistakes and at, at times we've looked like we've turned the corner and other times we've been miles off it. And a hat-trick and now eyes on the playoffs. Alex Wall speaks to us after Dartford's win over Dulwich Hamlet. We obviously want to go into the playoffs uh, second, get home advantage. You can see the atmosphere here today was brilliant. Uh, and that's what we want to take into the playoffs and get the, the home ties. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, we are back to basics this week. It's a Wednesday lunchtime, and I'm sat in my car, which, for newer listeners, is how this show was recorded for most of the first year. And of a busy few weeks where promotion and cup winners will be in our minds, we've got three interviews for you this week. Two from teams hoping things can go their way in the last few weeks to stay up. And the other from a hat-trick hero whose team are now just waiting for the playoffs. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who's found a real love for older-age drivers this week. And on the line, of course, is my usual co-host. And you know me, I don't like to call people out. But he's now got, I've got two things to call him out for. Because first of all, even though he had lots of other things going on last week, he's the reason that last week's show was late. And also, he's been sending invites today to someone two years younger than me. Do you, do you think this other John P person might be worth getting on the show, Matt? Yeah, I think it could well be. I haven't had anything back from John P, whatever, from an email address. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. I don't know. Crazy. It is what I might. Our routine is out of kilter, John, because it's not ten half past ten at night. It's ten past one. And we're actually recording it back like the glory days at lunchtime. So um, are you in the same office you always used to be in? Uh, uh, I've, uh, yes, I am. Yeah. Nobody's oh. ever used it since. So. <laughs> Has it got your name on the door? It might as well have now. No, 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 no. I don't want to, I don't want to think big like that. No. So, but, and last week I did send you the wrong show, but you did well, mate. You sent me a text at what three o'clock in the morning. Knowing I know how much I love my bed. No, I would answer that. So, uh, but I did resend it. So I did send the wrong one. So, as we have a different I, name I, for each pod, don't we? Which normally yes. is a play on words. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened last week. No, the, the thing was, I, I didn't expect you to reply to that message that I sent at two o'clock in the morning, but it was just more like. Uh, when you get up, send me the right one so I can get up and crack on, basically. Yeah. And, I, and I was up nice and early. I was walking the dog, and then so I did send it. So yeah. How's the dog training going? We've done a little bit, but yeah, not great. Not great. But we'll be well, Tom's running out. We've got another month to go, yeah. We've got another month. Plenty, oh, okay. plenty, plenty, yeah, plenty, plenty, plenty of nothing to worry about yet. She'll be top of the, top of the class by then. Excellent. I, I, I want to have a quick rant about uh, old people in cars. So the other day... Um, I was driving somewhere and someone pulled out in front of me on a roundabout, stopped, looked, saw that I was coming and then pulled out and then kept pulling out as well. Uh, and then the next day I was in a very busy car park um, and was driving around and I saw a space and I was like, oh, perfect. I'll drive and get in that space. And there was uh, an elderly woman. In fact, she wasn't even that elderly. I'm not going to let her have that as an excuse. Who was parked so far into the spare space that I couldn't actually get my car in. So I gestured to her to move out and reverse back in. And she moved out and reversed into exactly the same spot. And where I was is somewhere where people want to get in and and get parked up and and go in and do what they're there to do. And I wasn't particularly impressed by that. I I, I think in hindsight, what I should have done was just reversed into the space next to her, left her no space to get out of her door and just said to her, if your car gets damaged, it's not my problem. 
because it was just the most selfish thing I've ever seen. And then it got even better because I left the car park uh, because I couldn't get into that space, drove back round and had to get back in, and it was a barrier system. By the time I got round there, the car park was full, and genuinely, you could not make this up. And I don't know if people believe that this stuff is made up or not. You could not make up what happened. I was in the queue waiting, and two in front of me was a digger. And the digger was doing some work on the car park somewhere else. The person in front of the digger got their ticket, the barrier went up, and they drove through. And then the bloke in the digger decided that he'd try and race the barrier, drove straight into the barrier, knocked it clean off. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. No, it wasn't because I'd I was I'd been sat there fifteen minutes trying to get back into the car park that I'd had to leave because of the selfish old woman, and he just bloody knocked the barrier clean off and blocked the whole lane. Absolutely, it just snapped, just snapped like a twig, did it? No, it just fell out basically. It just oh, fell right. out. And it just completely fell out of its groove, and um, and then there was two of them there trying to fix it, and I was like, well, that's not very helpful, is it? Fortunately, there was another lane, so eventually someone nice let me in and I got in. But what a pain in the neck. Did you, did you see it talking about car parking that people are cause they're going to take out all the machines, aren't they? Because people have to pay by apps now. And there is, you know, the elderly generation are kicking off about this. I don't blame them, to be fair. I mean, it's, it, I, I use the apps a lot, or you, but, but it's, you know, because it's hard because I don't tend to have change on me anymore. Yeah. So I can understand why that's the way it's going. But there is no consideration for older people like you, Matt, and, and the difficulties you might face. Well, my biggest bugbear is if you park in Canterbury, it's ridiculous cost. Absolutely oh, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Okay, that, 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 we're showing our age, mate, by moaning about that, but the cost of parking is ridiculous. Okay. We better move I, on. I reckon, I, I reckon I could fill eight or nine podcasts just by talking about parking and other yeah. road issues. So we should probably well, move on. As you saw my parking, John, I'm not the greatest parker in the world, so you better move on quick. Yes, we had. Uh, it's our 251st episode this week, and as well as being the road between Faversham and Ashford, uh, I feel like we could head down that um, road quite a lot in the next few weeks due to the way that road numbering works. Uh, it also went to Factory 251, the home of Factory Records, the home of the legendary Manchester music scene of the 80s and 90s. Uh, some great bands out there, Matt, uh, and the nightclub that bears its name is still going strong. And the film 24-Hour Party People is quite the watch as well. It's not a family-friendly one, uh, mind, but uh, some cast in that film as well. Have you ever seen it, 24-Hour Party People? Tony, Tony, somebody. No, I've never seen Wilson, it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, it's my kind of music, the old son. All right, all right. But no, I've never seen it. You should watch it. It's, it's quite good. I'll make sure the girls are in bed, but I, you should watch it. It's, it's a good film. Uh, it's been a, a long time since I watched it, but I did really enjoy it. All the music. Happy Mondays and things like that, isn't it? Yeah, Happy Mondays, Joy Division, New Order. I do, cetera, I do love cetera. a bit of Joy Division, some tunes like yeah. and New Order. So, oh, yeah, I'll add it to my bucket list. And of course, the famous story about that's in the film and it is widely available was that one of the New Order singles was massive uh, and that, and they knew it was going to be massive. Um, yet somehow it actually cost them money because they the, the sleeve that the record came in was so uh, intricate and costly to make that it actually cost more than the sale price of the record. I'll take it that if you've got one of those records now, it'd be worth a fortune with one of those jobs. Probably would be, yeah. More than more than more than the more than the sleeve costume to make, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let's get on with the show. We start with a big week on and off the field at Herne Bay. On the pitch, their battle against the drop saw them come from two down to lead three two before being pegged back to draw three three in a thriller at Hastings United. Only to then discover that both Kingstonian and Bowers and Pitsy had won, dropping them to twenty second and four points from safety. Off the pitch, club chairman Stuart Fitchy stepped down due to work commitments, so the future for the club is perhaps a little bit up in the air. Matt caught up with boss Kevin Watson early this week, starting by talking about how Saturday panned out. 
Oh, obviously, when when you're involved in the game um, at the moment, you're not aware of of the results as such. So we just have to focus on what we're doing. Um, and look, it's, it's a great advert for non-league football at step three. I think both teams have, have different objectives this season at different ends of the table, but both teams trying to win the game. So it's quite an exciting game for anybody who was lucky enough to be there to view it, really. Again, you went down 2-0 after 20 minutes, but you came back. Did you? What was the feeling? You should have, could have held on for the, for the three points? Disappointed? Look, at any point where you go 2-0 down, you're beginning to be concerned that, that it could be more and that the game's written off. But all credit to the lads. Um, we changed a few things and, and they adapted to it well. And then I think when we got that first goal, it gave some hope. Went on to get the second one and then the third before half, half time. So we kind of capitalised on their vulnerability at that point, really. Yeah. Um, second half, we, we struggled to get to grips with the game. They changed their system and way of playing a little bit. And it took us um, a little bit too long to to adapt to that. Having said that, um, even at 3-0, I think both teams had chances. So it could have gone either way. And I think both teams would have been disappointed not to have won the game. But equally, both teams could have potentially lost the game. Have you been, you know, your form, you know, has been, you know, some decent wins over the last month or so. Have you, have you been pleased with the, the form and the way that the team are playing or was it all about three points at this time of the season? No, we have been pleased because um, the players have, we've we brought some players in um, and they've had to get into the pace of things and the understanding quite quickly. I think under normal circumstances as a manager, you, you want to, build that through pre-season so that there's a collective understanding but when you make changes throughout the season um, we was in the position to, to need to do so really because myself and Adam came in at a time in the season where some players there was a little bit of player turnover and historically that's not the way I like to work but it sort of needs must really um, but I think the, the, the players have responded really well um, and within the changing room there's, there's a real good sort of understanding of what we're asking for and then also the characteristics to try and try and carry that out on the pitch. So you've got four games to go now, um, four points inside the relegation zone, tough fixtures on paper, um, you've got a home against the top table side and a couple of sides chasing the playoffs. Um, I still this, presume there's still belief you can get out of this. Yeah, we've got to hold that belief. You've got to have confidence in, in what you're doing yourselves. Um, what it has shown over this period of time, I think we, we played a lot of the top teams and like you've alluded to, I don't think there's been a gulf of difference on the day if we apply ourselves right. Um, so I don't think there's any fixture where we look at it and we think that, that we can't potentially pick up points but that just depends on our application on the day and many of the teams in the league at, at both ends of the table are still playing for things this season so the intensity of those games and teams are going to look at us I think teams in the round plus are going to look at us and they're, they're going to assume that there's there's points there for them for the taking Um so games will probably be quite open and exciting at this this time of the season, I think, which again is good for the viewers. Yourself, are you, you, I think you've been there since um, uh, end of November. Have you enjoyed the challenge of Herne Bay Football Club? 
Uh, it's been a learning experience, and I know that when I came in, and I said it from the outset, I said that it's um, we, we was under no illusions of the, of the magnitude of the challenge. The, the team had eight points after the first 16 games, so averaging half half a point a game, um, bottom of the league. So we knew to get out of it would, would take a lot. Um, but I said I'd learn a lot about myself and, and other people in the process, and as long as I've done that, I think that it's um, it's something worthwhile. Um, enjoyment. I, I don't know if I enjoy any season during the season. It just it just comes with momentum, and, and, and you get through it. And you've got a, you don't have an opportunity to look back at that moment in time. Uh, but come the end of the season, I think we will. But it's certainly been a learning curve. I said as a manager that I've I've not truly been in a position of kind of a relegation dogfight um, and many people thought I was mad taking that opportunity but look, like I said if, it, if it's growth for me and others around me then it's, it's a worthwhile thing to do. You, you mentioned there you were, you were um, always learning as a manager, is that something yeah. that surprised you before? You know you've been a manager for a number of years now. No, I, th- I think you've got to keep on evolving. The, the minute that you think you've cracked it or that you've got a way of doing things that automatically brings success, I think there's naivety in, in doing so and, and you stand still while others around you continue to to improve. Um, and it's a bit of a journey like that. So, um, look, we're always trying to learn. You learn off others in and around you. Um, you look at other managers and teams, etc., and, and make certain judgments off the back of that, good, bad or indifferent. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be naive enough to think that we're not always learning and all the time I'm managing all of aspects of life, I, I think that's the um, sort of attitude and response I'll have. Off the field, um, Chairman Stuart Fitchie announced his resignation this week. Um, was that something you expected or and how does that involve you now? Um, doesn't really involve me, really. I, I, I've got a job to do at the club, and that's the on-field stuff. Um, doesn't involve me. Does it affect me um, potentially? Because I think if there's any movements higher up the chain in, in football, um, some stuff comes back down the staircase. Should we say, for one for a better term, um, was it expected um, when I first come to the club? No. Over the duration of the time since since I've been in there, I think there's um, there's been signs that, that maybe that be the case. Maybe not when it did. Um, but look, it, it can't be a distraction to what we're doing. We're, we're there. Myself and the players can only impact what's going on on the pitch. And we'll just continue to, to do so. Um, and look, Stuart was the chairman and the club achieved success over that period of time in terms of um, in terms of promotion etc um, which he's obviously said in his statement but, but the clubs will, will have to go into a new era now under different kind of leadership who that will be um, I'm not sure in this moment in time I'll continue to liaise and communicate with those that steady in the ship or steering the ship at this moment in time um, and then when there's some clarity behind that, then then we can obviously have a conversation about the future. But at this moment in time, there's 
there's not really the time or emotional effort um, that, that needs to come from the team or from me. We just need to be focused on what we're doing in the, in the four games that are left. You're enjoying the role, though. You'd like to, this role to continue, so whatever may happen in the summer with a new owner or new chairman? Look, I'd like to continue in football. I, I can't say whether that would be at Home Bay or not, and that's not giving any indication to the fact that I'd, I'd be leaving or, or staying. It's not a conversation I've, I've had. I think um, in ev- every managerial role I've had at the end of the season, you see where you're at and you have a conversation with... Um, those close to you in and around you about um, your future and the team's future and the club's aspirations and, and your vision and values and if, if they're aligned then there's an opportunity for that to, to carry on. When I, when, I, when I decided to come to Herne Bay it, it wasn't just for the remainder of the season, it was very much with a view to um, sort of a longer term project where we're off the back of the result of this season, however that may end up, and, and the changing um, leadership at the top, whether, whether that changes or not, I, I don't know at this moment in time. A really good chat though, Matt. I really enjoyed it. It's quite a bit to unpick from it. Uh, but first and foremost, a, a big month ahead on the pitch for Herne Bay. They've got some tough fixtures and, and the situation doesn't look the best for them, does it? No, the results didn't go their way. I think at half-time everything was pretty grosy. Kingstonian were losing, I think Bowers and Pitts here winning. Did really well to come back from 2-0 down and go 3-2 up. Yeah, the fixtures are coming up. They're four points in it. They probably need to win three out of those games to stay up. And they've got some tough games going. And Kevin is a good manager. I think it's probably been a harder task than maybe he thought he'd imagine. But as he mentioned there, the first 16 games, they only had eight points. So you average what he's done in the remaining 20-odd games. They might have enough to survive. It's going to be really tough for them, but... They've probably got bigger things to worry about as well with the chairman leaving. I think it's been a couple of full storms for Herne Bay, hasn't it, under Kevin Watson? I think, you know, obviously they made a slow start and obviously Ben Smith moved on. But I think it's been a couple of times where it's been like, oh, they've they've had a couple of good results there. Can they build on it? And then they kind of slump back down. And, and we've seen how those those bottom five have almost become adrift a little bit. I don't know. Wingate and Fincy will probably be looking, thinking they need one more result just to make completely sure. But I just think, yeah. It, they'll look back and they'll think it was probably just a couple of times where we could have just picked up another result and, and moved even further into the, the middle pack. But it, it's, it does look like it's going to be tough. And, and as you say there, Matt, the, the, the chairman thing is going to be a, uh, a, a big change for them. I, I read some, some mixed reviews, actually, that some people said on social media, oh, there'll be people that will be happy that he's gone. But as far as I'm concerned, he's left that club in a better place than he found it. And, and that's all that any chairman can do, isn't it? Well, yeah, I suppose one of the things, the 4G's gone down and that's, you know, will be benefit the club. But maybe at the start of the season, we had to play a lot of games not at home. It probably hasn't benefited them in the long term, but or in the short term, sorry. So, yeah, young chairman, he's got them back to a level, a level I don't think they've ever played for before, really. You know, they've always been sort of a, a scaffold club or struggling at the southeast division. So, you know, if his remit was to get them as they can he's done a very good job maybe other commitments come on board it'll just be interesting to see how they go from there but the foundations we've said before a lot of clubs we may have had investment on the field haven't done it off the field but maybe Herne Bay off the field as a club are going in the right direction if they can get somebody to take over um, from Stuart I suppose you wonder as well if you know obviously 
if they do go down, they'll probably be in a strong position next year because they've got the pitch and and it's and that'll be bringing in income and, and you know people will look at it. Um, as Kevin Watson said there, he, he was pretty uh, non-committal, shall we say, about yeah. his his own future there. Um, and you know, I, I, I kind of got there was a little bit of I don't really know how to phrase it, almost weariness when you asked him about the chairman in the way that he said when I took the job. I didn't see it coming, but as time's gone on, I, I, I could see it coming. And I wonder if it's been possibly a little bit of a frustrating time for, for Kevin Watson and everyone at Herne Bay, obviously with the chairman having, or the now former chairman having his other business interests. Uh, and I just wonder if, if you know, it, perhaps the dream that Kevin Watson was sold is, is maybe not materialised there. Did, did you get that impression from yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I, I think, yeah, he, he was, you know, He's a character. I think he's pretty difficult sometimes to read. But I think when we read in that um, conversation that we had that, yeah, non-committal and reading between the lines, I think if he stays up or they go down, will he still be manager next season? Um, I'm sure if he doesn't, um, other clubs will be interested in him. But, yeah, he's taken a job on. I think he said he had family at Hanbay and it's always a club. He went from Cray Valley. So arguably he's moved to a bigger club. And maybe all what he could do at Cray Valley, but maybe thinking taking Herne Bay with a young, ambitious chairman, it would look better now than it would going forward. If the chairman was there and wanted to do it again the next season, if they got relegated, you feel they could go and do it. But he seemed a little bit demoralised from it from there. But I, their form over the last few weeks hasn't been too bad. Have they got enough in the locker to do the last four games? It'll be difficult to tell. They'll know more again, like a lot of these sides over the Easter period. But yeah, reading between the lines there, he was very non-committal. So maybe uh, some managerial changes coming up in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you to Kevin for that. It was a really good chat and glad yeah. we managed to get him on the show. Uh, in that division on Saturday, there was only one home win. And we will actually mention that home win uh, in a bit, even though it's not Kent related. Uh, Folkestone with a team beaten by Kingstonian, 3-1 at the Fullix, which isn't going to be the Fullix for too much longer. Uh, with news expected later this week on new sponsors and investors, a substantial local company, a, ch- a statement from Chairman Jim Pellet said. Uh, Margaret drew 2-2 at home to Lewis on a day where both Ben Greenhall and Sam Blackman made their 100th appearance for the club. At the top end of the table, Cray Wanderers came from, came back from Enfield with a point, leaving them four outside the top five with four to play. I suppose if we think Herm Bay have got an outside chance, Matt, we've got to say the same for Cray, haven't we? Yeah, I think, well, Cray have got a bloody, yeah, the lead table up here. Again, their form's good, scoring goals. I wouldn't back, back it against them, not getting into the playoff positions. They've got left to play four games. Again, they probably need to win three out of four remaining fixtures. Corinthian Candles, Herne Bay, Kingstonian could go in their favour a little bit, but be interesting to see. I think they've had a good season. I think Neil Smith will be absolutely delighted with the season they've had. On paper, they've got easy fixtures, so and you wouldn't bet against them um, getting into that playoff and bloody some of the nose at the top because at least four sides can win this division and a side moving into the playoffs with a bit of confidence could be the one that goes and wins it. So interesting time ahead, yeah. I fancy them, Craig, because they score goals. Yes, I did say we discussed that home win in that division, Matt. And I don't know if you've seen one of the worst offside decisions in history uh, that helped Horsham beat Hornchurch. I, I did see that. It was it was the back pass, wasn't it? A Horsham player plays the ball back from the halfway line. Sam Higgins runs onto it, rounds the keeper, scores. 
Simple? No. The flag goes up and the goal is disallowed. Two Hornchurch staff members sent off. And from 3-1 up, as it would have been if that goal had stood, the Urchins lost 3-2. A massive moment at the top of the table. It doesn't involve our side, sadly. Uh, but it is a woeful decision. I know officials get a lot of flack and I don't like to get on board with that. And it's definitely, definitely a hard job. But that is a terrible, terrible call. If you can find it, look for it. Yeah, I suppose social media plays a big part from that. Yeah, a little bit. Well, the crazy thing is, it's the... Um, the guy who puts the back pass, he knows straight away, he puts his head in his hand. So I don't know. Again, the lines were maybe far away, but surely the referee must have seen who played that ball back. Yeah, but um, or even the other linesman. Do you know what I mean? That the, the, the assistant yeah, on yeah, this side must, be, must yeah. have seen who played the ball because it was right yeah. in front of him. But there we go. Uh, anyway, three of our actions in three of our teams in action on Good Friday with Folkestone hosting Carshall and Margate travelling to Harringay Borough and Herne Bay at Lewis before Cray Wanderers host Corinthian Casuals on Saturday. Uh, full programme on Easter Monday and two Kent derbies to boot. Herne Bay at home to Cray Wanderers and Margate against Folkestone. Uh, let's move down to the Eastman League South East where Saturday's programme was decimated by the weather but most of the games were moved to Tuesday night and all told it's been a great week for Chatham Town at the top. They did their job on Saturday by beating Whitehawk and then a lovely Tuesday night off while the Hawks lost at East Grinstead and Ramsgate were held 2-2 at Chichester. Another late equaliser getting the Rams out of jail. The Rams and Chats are now level on 67 points, six ahead of Whitehawk with four games to play. As we've previously said, the top two meet on Easter Monday at Chatham, a game which has just been made all ticket. And now I think we can definitely say that is looking like a definitive title decider, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, biggest game of the season in Kent, probably. I think it's all all, seat, uh, all ticket. So I think we're gilling them away. Chatham probably you're probably looking maybe two and two 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 and a half thousand people going there so massive game absolutely massive game um, Chatham winning late the weekend I feel that the impetus is with Chatham a little bit I think um, at the moment got some we've got tough fixtures to play are you saying that whoever wins that game wins the league. I reckon so yeah I mean I I don't want to get carried away I mean if it's a draw then. You know, Whitehawk will be looking, thinking they've still got a chance. But I, you would look at it and say, if one of those teams were to win, then they would, they would certainly have their tails up and, and they'd fancy themselves to to go all the way. Rams have a slight goal difference advantage. Um, and, you know, it's just a massive game. And, and you know, it's one of those that I really wish I, I was available to go on Monday because I think that would be an absolute crack of a game. But, yeah, for, for me, I think that's that's going to be the winner of that one. We'll, we'll be odds on favourite to win the league. And, and I can't see... Uh, I, I, I can't call it. I think you say Chatham, they've both been winning games late or scoring a lot of late goals. So, you know, it's, it's one of those where you just think it's, it's not going to be over until the final whistle. And, and it really could go either way. You know, sometimes I've seen Chatham a few times this season. I've been impressed sometimes, not so much other times. Ramsgate have, have just found a way to get results lately. And, and I think that's a key thing. They've both got a lot of experience. It's just set up for an absolute classic, isn't it? Yeah, I think from a Ramsgate point of view, Ramsgate have got a lot of sides, tough, tougher fixtures than Chatham. And again, I think that may be working Ramsgate's um, favour a little bit in some ways that you think, right, we've got to go out and win here, put down the marker. If Ramsgate win the league from here, I think they would be deserved winners because the games they've got left to play must be very, it's it's a fantastic division this year. Um but again, teams like Ashford Ramsgate have got to go to final game in the season. That could be massive for them. So, yeah, really, really interesting. It will be an absolute cracking game. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Could be that if one of them lose at the weekend and lose on, you know, Monday, the league could be over. But 
hopefully, it'd be great if it went down to the final game of the season, wouldn't it? Absolutely fantastic. So, but it should be a, a great event and shows how far Chatham and Ramsgate have come over the last few years when arguably the biggest game in Kent for this this season, I think, is going to be in that division. Absolutely. Elsewhere on Tuesday night, for the first time this season, Corinthian have recorded back-to-back league wins after another late goal. Uh, this time from Jack Billings, saw them beat three bridges by two goals to one. The Hoops are still facing an uphill battle. They're eight points from third bottom with four games to play. But all they can do is win games and see where it takes them. I had a quick catch-up with their boss, Michael Golding, this morning. No, the last couple of games have been good. Um, I think it shows the character that's still in the squad and the determination that's still there. Um, probably wish we had another four or five games remaining on top of the four left. But but yeah, I think it, it, it's, it's been a good, good couple of weeks in, in what's been a pretty terrible season. I suppose last night as well at Three Bridges, credit to the manager because it looked like you made an inspired late substitution. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a few people have texted me that. Unfortunately, football web pages got the substitutions the wrong way around. So he was on a little bit earlier than what what football web pages suggested. Um, but I'll, I'll certainly take the credit. It's all about me at the end of the day. I was going to say, well, I mean, surely you don't you don't want to debunk that rumor because it, 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 it looks like a it looks like you, you were brilliant. You swapped one billions for the other, and, and, and he scored. But I suppose uh, the other way of looking at it is uh, it must have been great for Jack as well because he's obviously had a, a lot of injury problems. Yeah, no, I was delighted to Jack on a, on a personal and professional level. He's had he's did his ACL against Sheppey probably two two and a half years ago now. Got himself back fit pre-season. Got caught in a tackle just in a pre-season friendly, and he's missed pretty much the whole season yet again. Um, so for him to come on, and we've we've slowly reintroduced him. The squad's been a little bit thin on the ground over the last couple of weeks for varying reasons. Um, so yeah, for, for Jack to, to do what he did, and I think the goals started to go around social media to absolutely put it in the top corner. But but yeah, just just delighted for him as, as a friend and as a player. Just that he, that's an, another little notch on his road to recovery. Were you worthy winners on the night of three bridges? I know they've only won one away game so far this season, which was obviously uh, your place. So a bit of revenge for you as well. Yeah, a little bit. They, they had a couple of very kind words for us after they beat us a couple of weeks ago, um, which again probably summed up our story, the story of our season, to be honest. We we dominated at our place four or five better than half chances. One mistake, scored a goal. They killed the second half. There was no momentum. There was nothing in it whatsoever. And then they scored from another mistake at the end, which has been frustrating. And, and unfortunately, like I said, that's been the story of our season. But, but to go there, I know up until recently, they've had a very, very good home record and um, it was always going to be tough and I know Matt Gerrard didn't really expect us to get anything there so I apologise to Matt um, but I, th- I thought on the night we were probably worthy winners we lost our way after they equalised uh, it became a little bit like a basketball match but I think on the balance of chances although we cleared one of theirs off the line we, we certainly were in the ascendancy again particularly the first half second half was a lot more even and, and certainly backwards and forwards but um, it's one of those when you score in the last minute we'll, we'll claim that we probably deserved it and they'll probably claim that it was a little bit unjust but but to be honest I think they on the grand scheme of things having not watched it back yet we, we probably did deserve it uh, Eight points is the gap four games to play I mean it's very much against you but I suppose all you can do is, is try and win your four games and see what happens yeah, that, we've said that for, for a while now is can we win as many of the last 10 or the last six or whatever it might be and we've now won the last two which gives us that little bit of momentum which we've just not had this season. Like I say, we, we've made silly mistakes and at, at times we've looked like we've turned the corner and other times we've been miles off it. Um, but 
we've gone into the last month of the season, the last four games of the season, playing a couple of teams around us, a couple of teams in mid-table and, and one team on the last game of the season that are probably still going for the title. So it's certainly not going to be easy, but, but we said to the boys, if we are going to go down, which which isn't really coming into our mindset at the moment, but you've got to be realistic, but let's go down fighting. And, and to be fair to the boys, like you say, an 89-minute penalty last week from Oscar and then a 94th-minute winner from Jack this week, it, it shows that the fight's still there. So, yeah, if you're, if you're a betting man, you probably wouldn't want be wanting to be put much money on us but, but we'll keep going and, and, and we've got that little bit of Corinthian spirit that, that we've had over the years and obviously with a whole new team it, it's taken a while and it, it possibly will be a little bit too late but but we'll give it a good go. Is it frustrating that you're probably in your best form of the season when, when it is as you just said possibly a little bit too late? Yeah, I think there's, there's bits of that and we'll certainly look back if the inevitable happens or when it happens you'll look back with a little bit of regret Um but I think even up until recently, we, we were in relatively good form, so to speak, but without winning games of football. We, we went to Ashford and drew, and we drew with Chatham, lost on penalties, but then we conceded in the last minute. But, but it's the other game. So we, we've competed relatively well against the top sides, but then we went into a run of games of three bridges, East Grins did Lancings, and, and no disrespect for those teams. But if you want to be saying in this division, we had to be getting points against those. And, and up until last night, we just didn't. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's probably the frustration to take away from it. But but the last couple of weeks in training, it, whether it feels like the the weight's been lifted off our back, or I, I don't know what it is, but training's been really good. The boys have been so positive. And like I said, it's been a terrible season. But but for a group of players to, to keep going as much as they have and, and they work hard in training and they just do the right things more often than not, it's just results haven't followed, which has been incredibly frustrating. It's the goals for, isn't it? That's the thing. I'm looking at. I've got the lead in front of me. There's only one team in the bottom eight conceded fewer goals than you, but you've scored 29 goals, and that's the recipe for for not having a good season, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. So, and again, I end up saying I don't like talking about it and then talking about it all the time. But it's just having that little bit of money just to bring in a goal scorer. I mean, you look at Burgess Hill that are just above the relegation zone or the relegation playoffs, and they've got Dan Perry that scored nearly 30 league goals. Um, and it just brings you that little bit of quality. Uh, and we were positive at the start of the year. We had a different style of play. We it took us a bit of a while to get used to that. Um, but it, it's just not happened for whatever reason. We brought Sam Buick back in. He, he decided he wanted to come and try and help us out. Sam's then scored a couple of goals, picked up an injury. Uh, Charlie Club has come back from Year of Town, was previously at the club, scored a goal on his debut, then missed last night through work. So it, it's just not happened for whatever reason. And I, I think what we probably deserve credit for or maybe haven't had as much credit or respect for is what we achieved over the last couple of years and finishing just outside the playoffs last year although you thought it was mid-table, um, with, with the boys that we had. And, and it's just that those goals scored, like you say, that, that, that's been the issue. Um, defensively, we've been relatively solid. We give away probably two or three big chances a game. And there's been a couple of games with Burgess Hill, obviously goalkeeper sent off. They scored four. Littlehampton away, they scored five. Whitehall scored four against us. But when you strip away the big defeats, actually, it, most games have been within a goal. Um, which sounds silly to say because if you get beat you get beat but most games more often than not have been a 1-0 or a 2-1 so um, but like I say last week against Chichester we went 1-0 down we came back into it scored 2 yesterday 1-0 and then we got another goal so the, the signs are there that it's good but yeah we, we just need another 2 months of the season uh, and just finally obviously this is your second season at this level do you, do you think this is a much tougher league than it was last year and, and you look at the top of the table who do you think is going to win it from here? 
Oh, what a question. Um, no, I think oh, it's so tough, isn't it? Ramsgate are on a, on a long unbeaten run, but they've drawn a lot of games since Jamie Corbs got in as manager. Um, for me, I think if we check back on our text between each other, I called Chatham at the start of the season, so I'll stay with them. I just think they've got the bit between their teeth. I think last night's results would have given them a little bit of a boost, but I think what's exciting at the top is I think over the next four games, they're all pretty much playing against each other at some point. Um, but yeah, I think it's gone to the head. I think I'll probably choose Chatham to win the league at this stage. And you think it's a tougher league than last year? Yeah, I think so. I think if you look at, again, that, just that money aspect of it, I, I think it's tougher. I don't think the quality is maybe as good. I think if you look at Hastings that ran away with the league last year, they were undoubtedly the best side. Um, but I just think you look at the bottom side, what Sitting Ball has done, the run since Ryan Maxwell's got in there and the players that they've been able to attract with the little bit of money and, and everyone obviously knows what's going on at Faversham and, and that's just a different level. So I think it's tougher. I don't think the quality is as good, but I, I certainly think it's been tougher, which has probably shown true to where we are trying to operate without a budget. The boys that we had last year, like I said earlier, they, they deserve so much respect and, and we've probably not had that. And we probably didn't re- realise really internally what we were doing and how much we were overachieving. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's been tougher for that reason because the money's gone up. And like I said, I don't think the quality has been brutally honest, but, but it, it's just been tougher to put runs of games together and runs of results, which has left us where we are. And just finally, have you enjoyed any of this season or has it just been a, a real challenge for you? No, it's been horrific. Hated every second. Um, I think there's probably been one or two glimpses. I think beating Maidstone in the Kent Senior Cup was nice. Um, last night was a good point for Jack Billings on a personal level. And, and like I say, I get negative about it. The, the boys have been brilliant in terms of their attitude, their application. We've just not been good enough too often. Um, and the frustration is that I thought we were learning from our mistakes and then we went through that period of terrible results against teams in and around us and it just showed that we maybe hadn't learned from the mistakes. So enjoyment levels haven't been high. I'd be lying if I said anything else. The management team have been a joy to work with. The players have worked incredibly hard. But but when you're used to winning games of football, which we have been over the last three, four, five years, to then go through and win six league games or wherever we're at now, it, it, it is mentally quite tough. Well, he managed to get a dig in at both of us. He was only missing uh, something about Deal and Steve King for his complete his bingo card, Matt. Um, but, you know, you wrote them off last week and it's still looking nigh on impossible, as he said there. But if you're going to go down, at least do it with some fight. It has been a tough year. I'm pleased to picking up some results, even if it is possibly a little bit too late in the day. Yeah, I think you've got to admire them, um, how they've kept on going. As you said, they've had some interesting results against... And some of the better sides, but now they've got back-to-back wins, late goals. And people said they were a little bit unlucky to lose against Ramsgate as well. So we'll not pick up a point there. Yeah, I think, um, as he said, it's been a, a tough, tough season. And, you know, I, I did think they could be relegated last weekend, all this we said, but that fantastic achievement. So just to keep going mentality, which I think uh, Michael has put into that club. And as he mentioned, the Corinthian spirit, it's going to be tough for them to, to get out of this, but you never know. They've got they've won two on the spin. They can make. There's no reason why they can't win another two and at least try and get into those playoffs. But it's out of their hands. But I, I think they could be um, delighted. What's win the last two must give them a little bit of confidence and and show what they can do at this level and what may have, could have been. I think it was interesting when he said, you know, about how this season has shown just how much they overachieved last season. Yeah. Um, and, and you know. He did a fantastic job last season and I don't think we ever shied away from that. But I actually think, you know, 
to keep them afloat the way that he has done this season. I think he's done a great job this season as well, because as he said there, it's been a horrible season for him, you know, and, and there must have been times for, for him and for his players and, and his staff where they've turned up thinking, oh, we haven't won for ages. Here we go again. You know, but they've gone out there every week. And, and do you know what? He, he mentioned he reeled off three or four games. That he was disappointed in there, but they haven't really had that many hidings. Do you know what I mean, if you look at Faversham, who are obviously below them in the table, they had that run where they got thrashed week after week after yeah. week. That's never really happened to Corinthians. They've just been losing games narrowly. And, and I guess in a way, that's probably even more frustrating, isn't it? To, to, to have been close and competed in games and then ultimately come up short. But, you know, I, I think that they've, they've really done well this season to, to do as well as they've done. Because if you look at it on face value, brand new squad, don't pay their players, start from scratch. You know, they'd lost... The, the, the nucleus of that team is doing well elsewhere. I mean, you look at how how much they love Aidan Prowl at Sheppey United. You know, that was a massive loss for for Corinthian, and and how Eman's done at Chatham, and, and you know bits and pieces like that. So to to have lost all the quality players that they've got, to to have even to still be not relegated with four games to go, I, I think that's probably a fair achievement, isn't it? Well, I think they've been in the bottom two basically all season. So um, just to keep that mentality right, we've got to keep going. We're going to keep going, and I'm sure. As he said there, it was one of the highlights of the season um, last night, winning that with the last-minute goal um, with the player who'd been injured for a while. Yeah, I feel for them from that. I think they knew all this season would be a tough one and it'll be interesting where they go as a club if, if they do get relegated to scaffold. Have they got the ability to bounce back? Does Michael have the, the hunger to do that again? Because we saw how successful they were in the scaffold. Maybe he feels he's managed this division for the last couple of years. Maybe he want to stay at this level. It'll be interesting times to see where the club goes. But you know, I, I don't think he's. Um, I think I don't think his his reputation as manager has been affected by this. And as he said, he comes across really, really well. It's just one of those things. It's been a horrible season. But I think if you had said to him in August about being a horrible season, he probably knew it was going to be. But with Easter, they've still got their hope. They've still got the chance. They can stay up if they win the remaining games. Yeah, and I think you know, I, I don't think anyone at Corinthian would. would blindly go into the scaffold seeing the money that's been around there the last couple of years and expecting that that'll be a walk in the park again for the next season I think it will be challenging again so it was definitely one that we'll be keeping an eye on uh, over the coming months and, and thank you to Michael for his time as always um, and yeah always nice to have him on the show uh, he's a nice lad uh, Tuesday's other game ended in a 3-1 win for City one over VCD leaving the Vickers looking pretty vulnerable at the foot of the table uh, they then play in Friday's only game at home to Ashford before on Saturday high travel to Burgess Hill Corinthian host Littlehampton Sittingbourne head to East Grinstead. Bottom club Faversham hosts fourth bottom at Haywards Heath. Chatham go to Lansing. Ramsgate take on Beckenham. Sevenoaks host Cray Valley. Sheppey United at home to Three Bridges. Before on Monday, Sheppey travel to Ashford. Beckenham hosts Sevenoaks. As we've already said, it's Chatham against Ramsgate. Cray Valley hosts VCD. Hyde take on Faversham and it's Sittingbourne against Corinthian. Uh, one more bit of news from that league. Uh, Sheppey United, where the club have appointed a new CEO. Uh, Shelley Holton will take over the role from this weekend, uh, taking over the running of the club on a day-to-day basis with co-chairman Matt Smith and Gary Seamark, the latter of whom is going to be stepping down at the end of the season, uh, both tied down with other work commitments. We'll hopefully be hearing um, from Shelley before the end of the season, Matt, but... I think that's a, a little bit of a, a, a statement of ambition, actually, bringing in a, a CEO who's going to be looking after the club, Matt, don't you? Yeah, I think we've seen what Sheppey um, have done off the field, um, getting somebody in full time. I'm a big um, believer that you should have somebody not necessarily um, 
the chairman or the owner of the club, getting somebody else with a new ideas you can bounce off. So I think that'll be a, a good idea. Just looking at the league table here, John, games to go. They can still get in the playoffs. They could be a ESPN Premier League club next season as well. And what an achievement that would be. So such a fantastic division. Yeah, I, I, I'm a great believer that you should have, you know, the owner will, may have the final say, but an extra voice can really help a club out, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, into the National League now, where Maystone's relegation was confirmed after a 4-0 home loss to Bournemouth on Saturday. Uh, the writing was very much on the wall for a few weeks, but that's not the way you want to go down, is it, Matt? No, and I've got a question for you. I'm a bit too close to this after last season. But somebody mentioned to me, is Maidstone's season worse than Dover last season? I, I, again, I was too close to Dover. It was pretty pathetic um, from Dover all in all. But what's your view of Maidstone? Because we all thought Maidstone would be fine, didn't we? I think, I mean, the, the cold hard facts, because you did tell me you were going to ask me this, the cold hard facts are the number of points. I mean, yeah. you finished on one. So you got yeah. 13 all season. Um, but I suppose the, the the way that you could possibly uh, mitigate that Maidstone season has possibly been worse than Dover's was last season is the expectation. Because everybody knew that Dover were going to get relegated. And I think there were some high hopes at Maidstone. And, and I would imagine that the last couple of months for being a Maidstone fan have been pretty miserable. It's just been a, a right old slog. You know, they've not been picking up results. Um, I'd, I'd imagine... I suppose in some ways you've probably finished the season better last season because you actually had the excitement of getting into positive points. You won a game of football and everything like that, which you hadn't done for a long time. Whereas I'd imagine the last couple of months, I'd imagine the last couple of months, Maidstone fans felt like you did sort of around Christmas last year. Yeah, yeah. Just miserable. How do you get it going? I mean, let's be honest. It's like for me, picking between a, a, a latte or a mocha. I don't like either of them. They'd both be bad choices. I think they're both bad seasons. They're both terrible seasons. Um, but if you probably made me say, I would say just on the cold, hard numbers, Dover's was probably worse. But then the expectation was you were going to be rubbish. Whereas I don't think Maidstone expected to be um, as bad as this has panned out. So mm. I'd probably say probably I, I wouldn't want to follow either of those seasons, to be brutally honest, mate. Yeah, I, I feel for Maidstone. The expectations... A year ago, the excitement of getting promoted. They started the season quite well. I think the Bank Holiday Monday, they won three games. So shows how many lack of games they've won since then. So massive rebuild. One Luke leaving. And, and, and again, not being close to Maystone, I could understand that. It hasn't been fit all season. They must have been paying him. And he's probably on a decent whack. If you can't guarantee he's going to be fit again in that position. Um, next season, again, it's money that could be used elsewhere. But... I feel for it, massive rebuild for Maidstone. It'll be really interesting what they do. I presume they'll still say full-time um, where they get their players from. And good luck to the George Kobe. But from a Maidstone point of view, I think you just want to start enjoying your football and winning games again. So, And again, we, from a Dover point of view, we had that for a little bit. Yes, uh, Bromley uh, beats Rolly Homores 4-0 on Saturday to stay in touch with the playoff spots. They've got potentially make-or-break weekend. A trip to fifth-place Barnet on Friday, followed by the visit of sixth-place Borenwood on Monday. If they win both of those, I think it's safe to say that the Bromley Cat will be very much amongst the playoff pigeons. Uh, Maidstone's National League's farewell tour takes them to Southend on Friday before Barnet arrive on Monday. Uh, into the National League South now, where a single point over Easter is all Ebbsfleet need to be crowned champions after their 1-0 win at Taunton on Saturday. Uh, they will surely want to do it in front of their own fans on Friday afternoon when they host third place Oxford City. Uh, their nearest rivals are still Dartford, who thumped Dulwich Hamlet 4-0 on Saturday. 
And although mathematically they still aren't assured of a top seven spot, they're surely odds on to finish second. Uh, man of the moment on Saturday was Alex Ward, who got three of the four goals. And after the game, he spoke to Matt. Yeah, so that was uh, very good for me. I'm um, very happy with three goals and get to a little rest as well after 60 minutes. I'm very happy with that. Yeah, and obviously the main the main thing was getting the win and, and, and getting the form going into into the playoffs. Um, that's what we're all thinking about. We're all trying to work our way into the playoffs and then uh, go in with good form. First goal, you won't have an easier finish all the season. They thought it was a foul. What was your feeling about it? Probably was a foul to be fair, but I'm not complaining. It's an open goal. What, what more do you want? The second and third way, particularly the third one, again, striker like yourself, must thrive on that beautiful ball and a lovely header. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, they've put them on a plate for me. All three of them have been on a plate for me, really. Um, just got to uh, keep trying, keep getting in the right positions. Like, I had a, I had a few last week, um, sleepless nights after last week. Um, but yeah, keep trying, keep plugging away and um, hopefully get, get some more before the end of the season. Where can this, you know, second place, that's what the club's aiming for, the league's gone. The feeling is you can get promotion. Uh, absolutely, yeah. That's what we're all um, we're all ha- hoping for and aiming for. Like today was just another box ticked off. Um, we obviously want to go into the playoffs uh, second, get the home advantage. You can see the atmosphere here today was brilliant, um, and that's what we want to take into the playoffs and get the the home ties. Do you fear anybody, any teams in this division? No, not at all. I mean, the quality we've got in there is is unbelievable for this level. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're all, we're all confident. We all just need to. Uh, like I say, just get these uh, games ticked off, finish second, and then uh, see what happens in the playoffs. Personally, uh, how do you think the season's gone for you? Slow start for me, um, in and out the team, doing my bit off the bench. Um, started every game since since uh, since Christmas now. Um, but yeah, I felt really good today. Um, hopefully I can get into a rhythm, and uh, it's the right time of the season to uh, be in that rhythm. A couple of f- stats for you today. It's your first ever career hat-trick and your 100th league goal as well. So, uh, yeah. it really is a good day for you. Yeah, it really is, yeah. I should be body more happy than I am. I was like, pretty tired, to be fair. Um, it's quite emotional. Um, but, yeah, no, obviously really happy to meet, reach those milestones. It's weird that I've had my first ever hat-trick. Um, I can't actually believe that stat. But uh, to get to 100 league goals, is, uh, I'm really proud of myself, to be fair. What are you going to do with the ball? I've got a lot of room to put it, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, no, it'll be a uh, pride of place for about five minutes for my missus moves it off and hides it in the garage or something like that. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah, 100 league goals, a hat trick. That must be, you know, a really satisfying feeling for you. No, absolutely. But like I say, like uh, it's a nice uh, personal accolade, but um, the main goal is obviously to go up this season. A club like Dartford should be in the National League. Uh, first career hat-trick job done his third spell at the club Matt what, what did you make of his performance and, and the darts overall uh, yeah, I, 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 he's a strange one Alex Wall because he is an absolute beast when you stand next to him he's very very strong and that comes part of his game I think you need to feed him I don't think he's, he's, he's you know he's going to run the channels but they put the ball in the box and his second goal was a lovely finish just no back lift absolutely well he did it in the net and his third goal I absolutely loved it cross comes in bullet header back of the net you feed him he is a good player as he said he's got over 100 goals played in the high level I think he's he's had problems with injuries over the last few years hasn't he so we just hasn't got him but he's played for uh, Alan Dowson before and um, I think he was one of his first signings so he knows what he can get out of him Dartford looked pretty good to me I, I thought they looked pretty you know Dulwich were poor I was very shocked how bad they were but um, seems a lot of arguments as soon as they went 1-0 down a lot of arguments were in the camp so I'd be concerned from a Dulwich point of view. I thought Dartford looked pretty solid, and the consensus of Dartford fans that I spoke to that yeah we're going to win the we'll win the playoffs. 
they seem pretty confident. They've got the players, they've got a strong squad, depth on the bench, players still to come back as well. They seem pretty confident um, they can do it. Alan Dowson has won this division before, got to the playoffs before with other clubs. So he knows how it works. So, yeah, from a Dartford point of view, I'll see him again on Monday when they play Dover. Um, keep up that, that hunger. I think he's going to, Alan Dowson will make sure they put the foot on the pedal. And Dartford have had a lot of issues with playoffs over the last few years, but consensus from the supporters, yep, this is the, this year, it's our year. Yes, elsewhere on Saturday, Tom and James' playoff push to hit as they were beaten 4 0 at Oxford City, while in what I'm assured isn't a misprint, Dover Athletic won 3 1 away at Braintree. Uh, not without its drama, though, as the home side had a goal disallowed in the 94th minute when it was still 2 1. But a, a pleasing win, Matt. Very pleasing win. Uh, looking at the highlights, maybe we were a bit fortunate, poor finishing, <laughs> but take everything now. So, looking at the lead table, probably one more win should do it for Dover. So, um, Yes, a relief. When I saw it, when it flagged up on my phone, it was two all. I thought, oh, beep. But then it was wrong. And then my mate texted me, it was 3 1. I thought, yes. So um, a bit of a relief. And as we mentioned, Maystone have got a big rehash in the summer. I'm sure Dover from top to bottom need a rehash as well. Yes, uh, Dover travels to Eastbourne on Friday, Tunbridge at home to Hemel Hempstead. And it's Derby Day of sorts. Uh, as Dover take on Welling. Technically, for this show, it is a derby, but at 63 miles each way by car, I think that's probably as far as we can stretch those boundaries. Uh, Every Street then go to Braintree on Monday. It's Darford against Dover. Angels travel to fellow playoff hopefuls, Farnborough, and it's Welling against Eastbourne. And uh, Darford also play on Thursday night. That started, everybody. Uh, they're at home to Taunton. Uh, that just seems with the scaffold where Irith and Belvedere put a turban week behind them with a superb first half showing. They scored four goals in the first half an hour as they beat Russell 5-1. That wasn't the biggest away win of the day, though. That accolade belongs to Irith Town as they were 7-1 victors at K-Sports. Uh, Phoenix Sports won a seven-goal thriller against Punjab United, where four of the goals came in the last quarter of an hour. Odile Town with 3-0 winners over Tunbridge Wells, or Tunbridge, as they kept calling them on Twitter, prompting the poor Wells Twitter bod to reply to every post correcting their mistake. All good fun. Uh, Deal then beat Fisher 2-1 on Tuesday night, while Phoenix were four winners at Tunbridge Wells, meaning that before Wednesday night's game between Irith Town and Kennington, the top of the table looked like this. Irith and Belvedere 75 points from 33 games. Phoenix 71 from 33, Deal Town 68 from 34, and it was Town 68 from 33. And I will let you know later on how Wednesday night panned out. Uh, the rest of the results this weekend uh, Canterbury City were 3 1 winners at Beersted, Fisher beat Kennington 3 2, Stansfield 3 1 winners at Hollands and Blair, Whitswell beat Sutton Athletic 2 1, Kennington then won 2 1 at Rostall on Monday night, and on Tuesday Beersted won 3 0 at Hollands and Blair, Stansfield 4 3 winners at K Sports. Punjab 3-1 winners at Sutton Athletic. Glee beat Wellingtown 4-0. A hat-trick for Jamie Philpot in that one. And the perfect tonic for Danny Okins in his first game in permanent charge after being interim boss at Foxbury Avenue since November. Uh, they're up to six now as well, Glee. So Danny and his assistant Craig Nelson finishing the season strongly. Uh, two games each at the weekend. It's uh, Saturday, Monday here. Canterbury at home to Punjab. Irith and Belvedere against Beersted. Irith Town against Deal Town. Holmesdale against Glebe. Kennington meets Sutton Athletic, Lordswood hosts Rustle, Stansfield meet Phoenix Sports, Tumbridge Ross hosts K-Sports, Wellington hosts Hollands and Blair, and it's Whitswell against Fisher. And on Monday, Beerstead take on Lordswood, it's Deal Town against Wellington, Fisher against Tumbridge Wells, Glebe take on Irith and Belvedere, Hollands and Blair against Whitswell Town, it's K-Sports against Canterbury City, that's a big game at the bottom, Phoenix Sports against Holmesdale, Rustle against Stansfield, and on Tuesday, Punjab against Kennington. Sutton Athletic against Irith Town. Uh, there's also been a change of manager at the top of the Scaffold First Division where Chris Browning has left second place Larkford a new hive and been replaced by former Ashford United boss Danny Lye and Mickey Phillips as joint bosses. Uh, just four games survived the weather on Saturday. Lewis and Borough winning 2-1 at Brydon Ropes. It finished 2-2 between Faversham Strikeforce and AFC Whiteleaf. 
Boston United beat FC Armstead 5-1 and Snodlandtown move a step closer to the title with a 5-0 win at SC Thamesmead. In fact, by the time I get around to editing this show, they could well be champions. So now is as good a time as any to hand over to me later on with all of Wednesday's action. Yes, thank you, John. Good show. Really enjoying it, actually. Uh, well done to you and Matt. Very enjoy- very enjoyable show. Uh, well, Snodland Town are not champions uh, just yet of the Scaffold First Division. They were beaten at Tooting Beck uh, on Wednesday night uh, by four goals to two while it finished. Larkfield and New Hythe won. Lid Town won. A last-minute goal there uh, from Ryan Smith uh, getting a point for Lid Town. It does mean that with three games to go, the gap is nine points and Snodland have a significantly better goal difference. So they're there. Well, they're all but there, aren't they? But they still need a point just to make mathematically sure. And before the bit that I'm now going to have to cut out of the show can be used. Uh, let's just say that we assumed they were going to do it. Uh, elsewhere on in the first division, it was Forest Hill Park 2, Meridian VP 1, and Croydon with 3-0 winners over Staples Monarchs. A couple of games in the Premier Division, uh, Irith Town did close the gap at the top there with a 3-2 win over Kennington. Kennington's third game in five days, so a tough week for them. Uh, Harry Taylor got all three goals uh, for Irith Town in that win, uh, and it was Holmesdale nil, Whitstable Town nil. That's all the action uh, on Wednesday night. I did also tease early in the show about the Folkestone and Victor news, uh, about the, how they were going to announce their new sponsors, uh, and they actually did it. Uh, we, we weren't sure if it was going to happen uh, in time uh, for for the show, we, we were under the impression it might be sort of later this afternoon, but it is actually happened uh, on Wednesday. It was announced that the new sponsors, uh, multi-year stadium naming rights and shirt sponsorship agreement is with Alkaline UK Limited, uh, Kent-based international transport business. Uh, so they're going to uh, they've invested in the club, and hopefully that is going to be the start of a long and prosperous. Uh, relationship between the two, uh, which will help them all. Anyway, uh, I've rattled on for long enough, uh, both in the other show and now for nearly two minutes here with your updates. Um, so I'm going to hand back to myself and I'm going to go and edit out the bit where we said well done to Snodland. You can check out all the First Division fixtures over the weekend on the Scaffold website. I mean, I've got a train to catch, so uh, we are going to run through this. But I do have a, a very important issue that I need to discuss, Matt. Um, and it's, 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 not, it's not a light-hearted matter. We need to talk about Diet Coke bottles. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but on the bottles of Diet Coke... Uh, I don't drink any are, jokes. Well, okay, so you won't be aware. So a bottle of Diet Coke, uh, the full-fat Coke, Coke Zero, uh, and, I th- and I would imagine other products made by the same Coca-Cola brand, uh, there have been an adi- they have added an extra bit of plastic to the bottle lid to keep it attached to the bottle so that you can recycle them together. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, great. I would completely wholeheartedly agree with the idea of making that happen. But the knock-on effect is that these drinks are nigh on impossible to drink. They are like, if you're just having a swig of, of, of a bottle, you've got to move the cap out of the way. And do you know what? My, my lovely girlfriend, Fiona, is a lifelong devotee of Diet Coke. If she was given the choice between Diet Coke and me, I have absolutely no idea, absolutely no doubt that Diet Coke would be the winner. And do you know how bad this bottle situation's got? We were in the shop the other day and I said, what do you want to drink, Diet Coke? She went, no, get me a Pepsi Max. Now that is telling you everything you need to know, isn't it? And Pepsi not gone down this route because normally they copy them. They have not. And a long may that continue because, you know, I'll be team Pepsi Max all the time that they are 
maintaining this uh, this this stance. <laughs> I did see someone say it was some sort of EU directive. Well, we did leave the EU, so you know, I mean, while there's many many things that aren't against this, if we can keep our cola bottles, maybe it wasn't that bad a decision after all. Can you rip that bottle? You know, when you go to football grounds, you take it in, they take the bottle top off, don't you? Don't they? So you can't throw it at people. Can you physically rip that off now? You can, but it's you know, it's 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 a so, bit of so a pain. So the, the biggest thing is, you go to a football game. What, what will happen? Will they let you take I, that in? That's a good question. I mean, I've got absolutely no idea. What Not. I would recommend you throw things on the pitch or at other people, but that is because people used to moan all the time that I've brought a two pound bottle and you weren't allowed to take it in. That's that's the biggest no. question here, John. To be fair. And but, to be fair, how come you can drink fizzy things without getting indigestion like I do? Well, I don't know, but I, I, I drink a lot of soft drinks. I drink a lot of squash. I drink a lot of water. I drink, you know, I also drink a lot of beer, but that's by the by. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm obviously um, quite lucky. But that is, a, you know, a, a real issue. Um, and, you know, I'm glad that we were able to talk about it. Um, you know, it's, it's um, a major issue. Major. Yeah, get on the phone. I'm sure it'll be on Watchdog soon, John. Well, I, it, I, I, I should not watch Dog. That's, that hasn't been on for years, is it? Um, but yeah, that's that's something I had to get off my chest. I watched Ted um, this morning. Oh, I haven't uh, seen that another, yet. Yeah, another good, good episode. Me. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, watched that. Uh, I haven't been up to to much else. It's all been a bit of a uh, yeah. I need a bit of a velocity board, I think, to get me going and keep me going over the next uh, few days. Because uh, while everybody else is uh, is working, uh, is it? Is it looking forward to a lovely long bank holiday weekend? Uh, I'm off on Thursday and then I'm working every single day until next Wednesday. So I there is literally no rest for the wicked. You know, it's really delightful um when you're when your other half is off for five whole days and you're working every single one of them. Well yeah, so think about well, yeah, but I'm, I mean I'm I'm salaried staff now, so I don't get any more for doing more hours. Oh, 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 hours. Oh, 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 don't even get bubble, double bubble. No, so, and, and do you know what, that's another bugbear of mine, and, and I've had this for most of my career, because, you know, journalism doesn't stop on Easter Sunday, but it's not a bank holiday, so you don't get a loo day for Easter Sunday, it's just like, oh, well, you've worked Easter Sunday, well done, you know, and as we saw some, uh, we saw some graffiti uh, the other day when we were out and about that said, Jesus Christmas, and I couldn't agree more, that's my current sentiment about this all, uh, Jesus Christmas, and uh, obviously Easter is coming, I don't know if you saw, Matt, that someone said, um, Put, put a tweet out after um, Mikel Arteta said he was he was really pleased with with uh, Gabriel Jesus and he was looking forward to, to him having a good week and someone was like he doesn't know what's coming does he <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah well I hope uh, I hope you all enjoy your Easter um, as I say loads one of thing, going I on. one thing today John I've been blown away by something I saw on Twitter by Dan okay. Snow I don't know if you've seen this yep follow him I do follow him this thing right John, again, I still can't get wet around this. John Tyler became president of the United States today, 1841, right? What? Okay. His grandson, yep. Harrison Rufflin Taylor, is still alive, aged 94. Amazing. So, so somebody was born in 1790 that his grandson is still alive. How many you know, is that? I read something along those lines a few weeks ago, actually. There was something else. There was another story, not exactly the same as that one, but there was definitely something along those lines of like, you know, this person is still al- still alive. It, I, that might, it might have been the same one, but that's, it, it's fascinating, isn't it? I, I, I just can't get my head around that. Apparently he was born in 17, 1790 and his grandson's still alive. That's mental, isn't it? It's, it's like, absolutely mental. It's like, 
it's like that brilliant football start, isn't it? Where between them, Stanley Matthews, Peter Shilton and Gianluigi Buffon have played a game of professional football every season since like 1930. Yeah. So Their yeah. careers have all overlapped. It's amazing. Yeah, that's just one of those crazy things that I thought, bloody hell, I still can't, I still can't try and do the maths on this, how it works. But yeah, so, actually, yeah, I'm used to this back to the day, but quite, quite, uh, that's made me then. Yeah, very interesting. Right, so I've just uh, got my stuff out of the boot of my car, and I'm now going to start walking down towards the station because my train is imminent. Um, so I will probably wrap up this week's uh, Ken Lonely podcast. You've also got to go back to work as well, haven't you, mate? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah, not, I don't, I'm not, well, I should be going to bed this time of now. Well, it should be. Normally, after we do the pod, I go straight to bed, but no, I've got to do afternoon's work. Um, and we'll go for that. And next this time, again, this time next week, we'll load two massive games over the weekend for all our sides. And fingers crossed. They can all get the right result, but some some won't because they're playing each other. Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's genuinely the case, as Matt just said there, that normally doing this podcast sends him to sleep. But uh, hopefully for, for his employers this afternoon, that won't be the case. Uh, anyway, thank you to all of our guests for their time this week. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, really, really enjoyed all of those interviews. Thank you to Matt uh, for giving up his lunch hour. Uh, and thank you, of course, to everybody for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Kent and Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Nonny Podcast. And there is, of course... The Facebook group, Kent Non-League Football Chat, uh, do get involved uh, with that and let us know what games you're at and everything like that. It'd be always great to hear from people uh, in that group. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you all have a great Easter weekend and uh, we will speak to you all next week when we know a lot more on the Kent Non-League Podcast. I must send the right file. I must send the right file. I must send the right file.